now in the name of Jesus, we just praise you and exalt you. Father, I thank you that your presence is heaven to us. Father, I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that it's not about me, but that it's about you. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit will help me do my job, and that is to magnify Jesus. Father, I thank you also that right now that your presence is in this place, that people are being healed, people are being set free. Father, I thank you for a free flow movement of the Holy Ghost like never before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, which you should, uh, go with me to Deuteronomy 30, 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory with this one. Is uh, Back in June, I got to preach my very first Father's Day message. And so, that was really cool. And uh, I decided to talk about choosing life and choosing the fire of the Holy Ghost and running with it. And in Deuteronomy 30.19, is kind of the backbone of that. Let's read what it says real quick. It says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Okay, so I talked about choosing life. Right? That God set before us what? Blessings and cursings. And then the creator of the universe does what? He helps us out a little bit and he tells us the answer. Right? He makes it real easy. Right? I wasn't really good at tests growing up or, you know, quizzes growing up sometimes. And last minute we're going to have a pop quiz. Right? I hated those things. And it would have been really nice if we just had the answer. But God stepped in and said, what? Let me even give you the answer to this pop quiz. And what is that? Choose life. Real simple, real easy. Choose life. So um, I went through and I gave a basis of that and, and how we need to choose life. But when we choose life, we're also choosing what? The Holy Ghost, right? We're making a choice to have the Holy Ghost alive in us and in our lives, right? And doing what he told us to do and letting him, what, help us, right? And go with it. So the story I told was when I was first at Ramah, um, I had a good foundation of the word of God, which I've probably shared this before here, but that's okay. I've had a really good foundation of the word of God, but something I never had in my life was the evidence of the power of God. I never really had experienced it before. I just knew the word and I knew it very well. Well, that's a problem, right? Because you're only getting this much of God when there's also what? Another whole side to him. So there was a man of God that came to town and he was having uh, like a camp meeting during the week. And my friend, he said, hey, you, me and my girlfriend are going to go to this. Would you like to go with us? And I was kind of a little iffy about it because I'd heard of the guy but I really hadn't heard some good things either so I was just kind of in the middle and so I was like you know what yeah I'll go well I went and I showed up and the man of God was sitting in the back and the man of God called me out prophesied some things over me 
And then, boom, I had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And I was on the ground, out under the power of God. And so, after that moment had happened, God showed up for me. But after that moment, I had a choice to make. Either I'm going to choose what? Life and blessings and the things that he has for me and develop a relationship with him on a deeper level. Or I'm going to be like all my other 99% classmates at Rama, who were, I'm only here because mommy and daddy sent me here and they have a reputation and so I'm just kind of fulfilling that. What type of life is that? I was... I didn't go there because my parents went there. Now, my parents went there, and they had a reputation. But I didn't go there because of that. I went there because God told me to go. So what? I had a choice. Either I'm going to be like everybody else, or I'm going to choose life and run with the fire of the Holy Ghost. So on the Father's Day message, I went through, and I shared different aspects of that. But you guys aren't going to get that part. You're going to get part two. Okay? So I was going to give you part one, but I gave you the summary of that, basically. But you're getting part two. And I heard these words last night. And I'm going to read it to you. It's just a sentence, but I heard this last night. Choose life, choose blessings, and let God be God. Choose life, choose blessings, and let God be God. How many times do we not let God be God? We go against Him in everything He says. Right? Last week I talked about what? A new quality in God. A new quality of life. Which is through what? Having faith in God. So for me to truly have faith in God and to choose life. I need to let God be God. I need to let Him do what He wants to in my life. And I can't allow it just to be what? I'm just living life day by day. You do that, then how? what are you doing? You're refusing to let God in. No, every time I get up in the morning, I'm going to make a choice to choose life and choose blessing and say, okay, God, I dedicate my day to you. How many times do we let life and let the things of life Bog us down to where, guess what? Oh, all these circumstances, all these things, I'm just going to push God out. Okay? This last week has been a week full of blessings. But also this last week, I've had to grow up in some areas and have some hard conversations with people. How many of you like hard conversations? Anybody? They're horrible. Especially when you know God's behind it and you have to do it. One conversation I was having, I was crying during it a little bit because it was hard for me, but I had to grow in him and do it. So what am I doing even though it was hard for me? I'm choosing life and I'm doing what? Letting God be God. And instead of what, that, what people need to do, and born again believers especially need to do that, they just say, well, it's too hard, God. I'm just going to push you out and not do it. And then what? They stay stagnant and they stay in the same place because why? They have not let God be God in their life. We want to put God in this little four by four box on what he is, right? 
we want to put them in this little box and say, okay, here's your, here's your four walls, God. Let me let you in on a little secret. He's bigger than the box. You can't put him in that box and expect God, Almighty God, the creator of the universe, your and I's father, just to be stuck into that. No, we need to quit doing that. And we need to change ourselves to be more like him and let him do what? Let God be God. So, let's go over to 1 Peter 5, 7. And then I'm going to take you from there to Hebrews 11. Oh, let's see here. Hallelujah. First Peter five seven. Actually, let's start in verse six. It says, "Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you." Now, I want to go read that in a different translation. I'm going to read that in the Passion. Because I can, and because I like the Passion. Has, has anybody ever heard of the Passion before? It's a newer translation, but it's got some pretty good stuff. So, 1 Peter 5, 7, or 5, 6, right here, it says, If you bow low in God's awesome presence, He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in His hands. Pour out all your worries and stresses upon Him. And leave them there, for he always cares for you. I like the first part. It says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. So, what did Deuteronomy 30 say? What? Choose life. Right? Choose blessings. Choose cursings. And now the part two of that is what? We're letting God be God. So how do we let God be God? There has to be some what? Humbling on our part and saying what? God, I'm struggling in this area, but because I'm struggling in this area, I'm going to let you be God, and I'm humbling myself, and when I do that, you're going to exalt me in due time. Not only am I doing that, but what? I'm pouring out all my worries. I'm pouring out all my cares and my anxieties to him, and what does that do? What is that saying? God, I'm what? Letting you be what? God. How hard do we make it? Hard. You know, if most of us just quit refusing in an area or whatever area that we're struggling in and letting him be Lord, we'd be doing a lot better than we are. And I've had to notice that this week myself. All right, God, i got to let you be God in this area. I got to have these hard conversations. Why? Because A, he told me to, and B, what? I'm humbling myself before him, and I'm choosing life. Choosing life. So, let's also go to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want to look at some people. Let's take a look at a few people here that have, let's do this Bible. I like this Bible. That have 
chose life and let God be God. Some of them, it took some time, but they eventually got there. It says in verse 1, we'll just start there. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the words were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. Very first example here it says, By faith... Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, it still speaks what? Today. Very first example is Abel. Abel gave a better what? Sacrifice than Cain, an offering through Cain. Why? Because he was choosing what? life but then also what was Abel doing letting God be God and I'm going to humble myself before you and do this what correctly and Cain his brother is a perfect example of what him not letting God be God in his life and instead he did what he got mad because his brother was doing something right and humbling himself before God and instead of making a heart change what did he do he went and killed him because why? He did not want to let God be what? God in his life. When we don't let God be God in our life, what are we doing? We're making decisions that are hindering our lives, that are practically killing us spiritually and emotionally, and we wonder why we have all these problems. Well, why don't we go back and let God be what? God. One of those hard conversations that I had Part of it that I will share is this. Um, right before we went to California, we were helping a we were helping a, a decent sized church, being a part. Um, and I was still we were fresh married. I was fresh out of Bible school too, and there was a lot of good things at that church. But then there was a lot of things that I didn't agree with at that time. But it was because of immaturity. Okay, I, was, I, I had a lot of the word, but I still was immature. And there's still some areas in me that are immature. But that's okay, the Lord's working on me. But I had to have a hard conversation with somebody and say, hey, we're going to come back to these things and complete some things that we were supposed to the first go-round. And we're going to do it right. Because Why? I'm choosing to let God be God. And you want to know what? That was a very hard conversation for me. Because does anybody ever want to admit that they have to grow up in some areas? Anybody? No. No. How many people like being vulnerable and honest? Yeah, not really. That's just not our nature. But what? I'm choosing to let God be God in my life and say, hey, there's some areas where I need to grow up and have my feet held to the fire. But I have to complete some things too. So I'm going to go complete some things in this area. Why? Because the previous me decided not to. And it put me on a trail that took me a while to get back to this point. You think I want to go down that trail again? 
no. There was a lot of good things, but then there wasn't a lot of great things either. But what if I would have done by just sticking my feet to the fire and maturing in the first place, how much stuff could I have avoided? A lot. Probably could have avoided the hard conversations I've had to have this week. But what? I'm letting God be God. And I'm going to do what Abel did and what? Have a better sacrifice. Even though we don't actually sacrifice these days. Right? But I'm going to do things what? Unto him. And I'm not going to go the way of Cain. Right? But I'm going to go the way of Abel. And I'm going to do things unto God and let God be God. All right. That's a good example right there. Let's go to the next one. Verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before him being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Okay, Enoch would go fellowship with God, and he was pleasing to him. And God was like, I like you. You're coming with me. Okay, from Adam to Enoch, was there really anybody righteous during that time? Nope. So what did he have to do? Go against what everybody else was doing in the natural. Letting God be God in his life and choosing life. And what? I'm going to go develop a relationship with God and please him. By what? I'm letting go of my life and I'm just going to go be with God. And he was rewarded for it. Because guess what? Where's Enoch? I don't know. Do you know where Enoch? Where's he? Then the Lord had to do what? Reveal, hey, I, I took him with me because he was pleasing to me. Perfect example of what? Letting God be God, right? We let God be God and we choose life by what? Letting God be God. And it's pleasing to him. They call it faith. It takes faith to let God be God. It takes faith that when my body's hurting, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to be healed and I'm going to choose that life instead of, well, you know, I, I guess. And for some reason, we have this mentality that there's certain diseases and certain things that just trump the covenant that we have with God. It doesn't. Well, my back's hurting, so I guess I'm just going to have to live with this all the days of my No, you don't. You can be healed from it. It's not greater than the covenant that I have with God. Oh, well, my finances have been horrible and just all these things. You know, I guess that's greater than the covenant. I guess that's greater than the life that God promised me. No, it's not. When I choose life and get with him, guess what? It goes greater. But what? We have to choose life. We have to let God be God. Let's look at another example. Verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned by God, things that are not yet seen, in reverence, ooh, that's good, in reverence prepared an ark for salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir 
of the righteousness which is according by faith. Noah was warned by God that what? Hey, let me let you know on a little secret. I'm wiping everybody out. A flood's coming. Build the boat. What's a flood? They didn't have any rain or anything then. They didn't even have a boat. Build a boat. It's a boat. But what did he have to do? He had to get with God and let God be God and learn how to build the boat. And the whole time he's building a boat, what? He's preaching righteousness and salvation. And nobody's receiving it. But his family did. And what? He obtained the wealth of the whole world. Everybody says Solomon was rich. Well, let's check that. Noah actually was the richest man ever. Why? He had it all. Right? So, what? He let God be God in his life, even when nobody else agreed with him. Even when nobody else was going to what? Be on his side, but his family. There's nobody else on the boat but him and animals. Guess what? He let God be God. And when he did, it paid off. I would dare say that it paid off. But how many times do you think in those years of Noah building a boat, he was having hard conversations with people? Of what? Them sitting there, Noah, you crazy man. You, you got to get it together. Just quit, quit doing that. Go start a farm. Go build a life. You know, quit, quit talking about this flood. That's not going to happen. I mean, like, what even is a flood? Right? That's probably what they were asking. And trying to have these, and what did Noah would have to say to them? Even though we have no record of that. But I, I, I know humans, right? Well, we like to ask these things and do these things. We like to question everything. And guess what? He had to just constantly say, I'm going to trust God. I'm choosing life. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. And guess what? When nobody understands it, that's even better because what? When you see the fruit and the reward of it, it'll all be worth it because why? You let God be God. Now, thankfully, in these days, there may be still a few people that are actually on your side more than just your family. I mean, imagine trying to be in Noah's shoes, going through all that and saying, hey, I'm choosing life and letting God be God. That's a hard conversation. Not only that, but it took years for him, years for him to put that boat together before a flood came. There's probably people that lived and died throughout that whole thing. Imagine raising kids. Mom, Dad, what's that? Oh, that's that crazy guy Noah building a boat. Apparently a flood's coming. Right? But what did he do? He chose life and he let God be God.